0: Hey there, Patty Dominguez here with episode 164 of the Positioning to Profit podcast. Welcome to today's show. It is a guest show with Tanya Fox from Fox Talks Business. So, Tanya is a classic, tried and true all the way entrepreneur. Since 1998, she quickly realized that entrepreneurship is in her soul and would be a lifelong passion. She has owned service, retail and franchise businesses, still running three of them today. She spends her days as a collaborative business consultant, helping business owners to repassion and start to grow again through collaboration and setting up tailored back end processes so that you can have more productivity and less hours slaving away. She also spends her time speaking and recording her weekly Fox Talks business podcast. Can you guys, I know you could hear my Chicago accent on that one. All right, so she tries to always live by her tagline. Remember to have fun, because if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? I agree, Tanya. That's a great quote. So that is today's episode. Also, please don't forget the, damn, I wish somebody would have told me that virtual summit is happening and starting January 23rd on Monday. You can find all the information at Prolific women, so plural, womensummit.com, summit.com interviewing 33 amazing women in business, including yours truly, each sharing three tips, 99 tips in total, and you absolutely have to check it out. Complimentary access at com. All right, exciting stuff going on and happy to bring it to you. And with that, let's get on with the show. And here we go. Let's go. All right, Tanya Fox. Thank you so much for joining me on the Positioning to Profit podcast. It is so good to have you here on the other side because I was just most recently on your fabulous podcast. So it's good to see you
1: again. Yes, you too. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Where in the world are you, by the way? I am in Alberta, Canada. Okay, I figured you were in Canada.
0: And I love your background because I was first intrigued by your entire brand because you say Fox Talks business. And I, I saw that when I initially heard about you. And I just love that you are, in my opinion, a true and true entrepreneur. Like this is going way back since Way you were back. A kid. Yeah, do you want to tell the the listener a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and how you got to where you are now?
1: So I didn't realize it started super, super young until, you know, I eventually had been in business for over a couple of decades and talking to my mom and she was like, you were like this since you were like really small. Like I had opened a lemonade stand, then I opened two, then I got people to work it for me and I was taking the money. I was doing it wrong because I wasn't paying anybody. But, uh, (laughs) um, and then, you know, like it was just little things in my life that I really liked seeing something is there something out there that I can take and use for something else or something that I can take and sell somewhere else like it was always about sort of trying to think differently than everybody else as a kid. And so that served me really well. But I did come from a family that was not entrepreneurial at all. So I did the usual track. I went to college and, and you know, got a job in the government and hated it. Yeah. Um, really could not see myself there for 40 years um, and retiring. And I really just wanted to branch out. And I was young at the time. So I decided, like, I'll just go into business by myself. Like, how hard could it be? Um, and so I dove in with both feet, and and I haven't looked back since then. Well, what's so interesting is how I mean,
0: what gave you the inspiration to say I'll start my own business if you didn't come from an entrepreneurial family?
1: I think for me it was I just didn't feel like I fit in, mm-hmm. and I was constantly getting like you know I mean in the government they constantly do employee reviews, and I was getting like. You know, doesn't play along with the team, uh, you know, always interjects at meetings, you know, isn't following script. Like it was just all of those things that I was like, I really just want to be able to make my own script. Like, because I was seeing like some things that I'd be like, this could be done quicker or easier or better, more efficiently. But when that would get brought up, it was just like, that's not the way we do things. And so to me, I really felt like I wanted to start something where if I could learn a better way, I could change it and I didn't have to sit and go through all of the red tape that you have to do in the corporate world. And I was young and stupid and I thought it can't be that hard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that was the other biggest, big portion of it.
0: Yeah. It's so cool because I heard you on another podcast talking about how you had an accounting um, business with bookkeeping and whatnot. So I mean, how did you get it? I'm always asking how, because I'm so fascinated. Was it a pivotal moment? Did you have mentorship? What was it that kind of led you down this path that you learned all of these things? For me, it was like the value of coaching. Like, how about for you? What inspired you? At
1: at first it was, um, it wasn't coaching because I hadn't, like, I didn't know anything about business. So I thought you just kind of like, you just kind of figured it out sort of on your own. And now I went to school for accounting. So that was sort of the easiest thing to to do because I already knew what I was doing. I had a little bit of experience sort of in the real world, working with clients. And when I had sort of talked to people at work, they were like, hey, I know somebody who could really use you. There's lots of people who are looking for this. So at the time, unbeknownst to me, I was really starting to network because I was like, I don't know where to find people. Like, it's sort of like when you're an adult, right? Like, where the hell do you find friends? Like, so every word of mouth, I was really like doing the most that I could to sort of really nurture it. And it just came out of a necessity because I knew the only other option if I couldn't make this work was to go back to the corporate world. And I didn't really want to do that. So I struggled for probably two or three years mm-hmm. before somebody said like, Hey, do you like, it really shouldn't be this hard. Have you thought of talking to somebody who has been there, who has kind of done that? And then that's when I started discovering the world of coaching and realizing, Oh my God, there's people that can help me stop making all of these little mistakes. Um, and so that's when I really started realizing that I needed to start really putting money towards them. Because it was helping me um, not only to not feel alone, but it was also helping me to sort of step out and be able to see, have somebody look at my business that wasn't me, that wasn't invested, that, you know, could kind of go like, take this out and do this. And I was too attached to everything, yeah. but thought, I should be able to do this for myself, right? Like I can read the books and then I can just do what the book says, but it doesn't always work that way. It's so
0: true. And I love the fact that you said, okay, the the alternative was to go back to a job and I feel the same way. In my case, I spent so much time in corporate and um, then I was like, why Why don't I fit in? I really resonated with that comment that you said. And the person that is listening to this and saying, why do I feel like such an oddball? Like a square, what's the saying? Square round
1: hole thing kind of deal? Yeah, square peg in a round hole or or something that's it
0: and and you're wondering like why is why can't i get ahead or maybe you're just like why are people listening or where are the critical thinkers in the house because that was my big thing yeah like, nobody's like, everyone's just following orders, but they're not asking why or how, how do we make it better just to critically think. And so it just goes to show you that for you, you were like, no, that's not an option. Let me burn the boats. I have to figure this out. And I think that there's an energy that comes with that, that really same deal for me. I was like, when I left, I was like, I am done. Draw the line in the sand and really make a decision to work at it until, and that's really what it comes down to the tenacity to do that. And you clearly have it because you've been an entrepreneur for so long. Um, I'd like to turn the corner a little bit because I before we hit the live button, we talked about collaboration versus competition. And I think that this is an arena that apparently you have deep expertise in. So super value your insights on this on for the small business owners that are out there, right? How do we leverage this concept of collaboration versus competition? And then just some practical tips on how to help us get on our way for that.
1: Well, I'll, I'll preface it with a little bit of a story. So when I first got my first building, like my first actual office that kind of wasn't my apartment at the time, I was like, man, signs are expensive. <laughs> but how do people know where you are if you don't kind of have a sign on your door? And so I I remember sitting at a fr- in a friend's backyard and watching all of these guys kind of gather around and they were building his deck for him. And I'm like, why'd you guys come build this deck for him? Like, is he paying you? And they're like, nah, you offered us. A- beer and pizza like and so we're just doing it like it's that's just what you do for people and that stuck with me and I remember constantly thinking about that and I was like there's got to be a way that I can figure this out that I don't have to do all of the work stuff by myself but I wonder if I can use this to try to get a sign like I'm wondering if there's a way that I can kind of trade what I can do so I don't actually have to put out the money and that's when I discovered trade collaborations Mm -hmm. so I found somebody who made wooden signs and I I was like, hey, is there any way that I would be able to get you to make a sign for me? Like, is there something that I have that maybe you need? Like, do you need a bookkeeper? How are your like accounts? You know, can I clean for you? Like, I was just really willing to do anything. And, you know, it took a little bit of conversation back and forth, but it turned out that they actually weren't too sure what accounting program to use. And they were just kind of feeling a little stuck. So I traded my first sign for being able to, you know, to do that. And I was like, this is, this is amazing. Like, this is awesome. Why aren't people doing this more and more often? And so I was constantly, what I was doing was realizing that I cannot be an expert at everything. Right, I can't do everything. I can't know everything, but I also can't afford um to pay somebody else to do everything because it just, it really wasn't realistic at that time. I was doing really, really well. I was making six figures at the time, but I also had employees. So it was kind of coming in and going out. Like there really wasn't a ton left. And so I started to find those people that had skills that I knew I needed for my business. And I started asking really poignant questions of like, how is it going? Like, what do you struggle with in business? I started to do the hardest thing I ever had to do in business and become vulnerable and say, these are the things I'm really struggling with. Like, do you struggle with this? Like, how do you get over this? And what I realized is when you start to admit that you're struggling with something or that something's tough to you, it almost like gives the other person permission to go, yeah, me too, or, oh, I'm really good at that, but I really struggle with this. And in listening to those conversations, I was able to go, they need this, you know, this one thing, and I can do that really, really well. And then I would just approach them with it and say, hey, would you, would you be willing to work with me on this? Would you be willing, you know, for me to come and, you know, do books or give you advice and in trade, you know, clean my office. Or, you know, I had somebody who came in and like did filing for me and stuff like that. So that's really how it sort of, it, the the beginning of it was, was sort of, again, out of that necessity of going, you know, how am I going to do this? But what it ended up turning into after I continuously kept doing that is I realized that this wasn't a competition thing. This wasn't trying to be better than the other businesses out there. This was about us working together so that we both could benefit from this and both grow. So once I stopped looking at every other business that was out there, that was similar to me as competition and as somebody that I could potentially work with, and I kind of made it a game, like what's the most ridiculous person that I can create a collaboration (laughs) with? Um, And sometimes, I mean, sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't, but I would really try to like figure out like okay how can I work with like an oil change company like how can I make that work and just trying to put these scenarios that might I mean some of them still I look back on like notebooks that I have and I'm like that was a ridiculous idea but it really just started those ideas going to the point that today now it's like a party trick for people right they're like hey pick two most ridiculous companies and tell us how do you make them work together but it it, It really does sort of take the ease off of you too, where you're not always competing. Um, You're looking at people to go, geez, how can we help each other out? What, you know, and that's just, it's just a beautiful way to kind of look at things.
0: All right. We are about halfway through with the episode and I just had to stop by to check in on you. How's it going? How are you doing in your business? because the fact that you're here means that you're looking for some guidance to help move you forward, whether it's personally, professionally, or really working to figure out how you can position your brand to profit as well. So this is something that I hold near and dear to my heart because it's why I'm here, is to help as many women like you broadcast their message, connect with the people that they are meant to serve and ultimately make an impact in those people's lives. So one of the best things that I've ever done in my career is to create Prolific Cafe. Why? It's because it has the key pillars to help you develop your business. So first one is internal positioning because let's face it, your business results will always meet your identity every time, no matter what. So if you're struggling with imposter syndrome or you're like, who am I to put this out there? Or how do I broadcast my message? I've suffered with the same too. And one of the best things is tapping into meet my higher yourself which is a 21 day challenge that is going to snap you out of your overthinking and get you into motion the second component is external positioning which is the tried and true process of discovering your message your market and your offer and what I mean by that is creating a new opportunity in the eyes of the people that are mulling over the decision on whether to work with you or not in this way you can stand out uniquely because that's what you want. You want to be different. And then the last component is activation, because let's face it, marketing is always changing. And I am really at the pulse of all of the latest and greatest strategies. So head on over to Prolific Cafe for more information. That's prolificcafe.com.
1: Now, that's not to say that everybody thinks that way, <laughs> because I have met a few that are like, no way, not like not happening. It, you know, some that have taken years for me to kind of convert, as I would say, over to collaboration. Right. Um, but it is something that I think, you know, if, if you just sit down and go, you know, write a list, what is it that, you know, that I need help with? What is it that I'm not good at? You know, and then on the other side, what is it that I can do? Like, what am I really good at? Make a huge list. It doesn't, it could be everything from What you do, you know, in your vocation, it could be education that I have. It could just be even like, you're like, I love to vacuum. Like, I love making stripes on carpet with the vacuum. It brings me joy. Like, just a brain dump of everything that you're good at. And then you can go back and kind of go okay, on the list of stuff that you need, what do you need right now? What can wait? And on the list of stuff that you're good at, what are you willing to do for somebody else? Because like, I like vacuuming my carpet, but I don't want to do it for other people. <laughs> so you can kind of like zone those things out. And then when you go out there, like be genuine when you're um, talking with other business owners. What you know? What is it that they're struggling with it? What is it that they need? And if you can fill that and get something back in return. I mean, it's a win-win. So it's an easy way to kind of do business. For sure. Okay, so my natural question would be because I have
0: been on the on this whole collaboration thing where initially it was like, okay, can we barter, right? So that's a, a, a term that I've used and that I've heard people use. The problem that I have found is that there is an imbalance in the bartering or following through, that the other person is going to do what they said that they can do. So somehow there has to be like the run rules or the terms of engagement. How have you put that together so that you feel good about it? Like you're walking away with saying that was a really good collaboration to your point instead of, well so so I think the first part of it is that is bartering the same as collaboration? And if not how is it different? And then how do you put those like guardrails in so so both parties are feeling good about the outcome?
1: So there's a few things with that. There's tons of different terms. There's, you know, like, I mean, influencers are big on it, right? <laughs> they're like, I'm going to collaborate and you're going to like pay me to advertise. I'm like, that's, that's not collaborating. <laughs> that's, right. that's a paid for service. Right. Exactly. So there's tons of different words that you can use. I think the the key thing is when you, when you meet somebody, let's say you've already met with, and they're like, yes, this is totally cool. I would do this with you. I put everything in writing this is what I'm going to give you. This is what my expectation is for you. I have a form and I tell them, I'm going to send you this form to fill out. I want to make sure that I'm giving you everything that you want. And then it's consistent check-ins with that person. I will constantly check on, you know, depending on the project, but usually it's like once a week, I will check in and say, how how are you feeling? How are things going? Did you get the stuff that I sent you? So it's, it it is a little bit of a, like another job to check on it, but and it's also, you've got to be honest. And there have been times where I've said, hey, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. So I will pause whatever wherever I'm at in it and go, "You got, yeah, like, I'm just going to wait for you to catch up. So, but if you're usually, if you're on it and you're calling somebody out and they know you're going to be calling them out on it, um, then usually they're, they're kind of more willing to go, oh, okay, well, like, I've got to get my butt in gear. So of course I do it nicely. I'm not like, you know, what the hell's going on? Like, yeah, why aren't you doing sense. your stuff? Yeah. You will come into situations and I still do to this day. I mean, I've been doing collaborations for over 20 years and using it for my business. I mean, I had one just about two or three months ago that it was that same situation where it was like, it was two different projects, but I was giving a lot at the beginning and then they were supposed to come in and do something and it just, it didn't work out. And sometimes that's just the price of doing this. So But what I also do, whether it's a good collaboration or the very few times, and it's usually the very few times, because honestly, most people that are doing this are grateful um, and they're excited about it and they want to do it. But at the end of every collaboration, I sit down and go, what worked, what didn't work? And I keep sort of like a... I don't know. how It's like, it's literally, it's sitting right here for those that are watching. It's literally my black book and I will write everybody that I collaborated with. And then I write really honest notes about, you know, what was really good about them, what I didn't like about them. Because if I ever do go back to collaborate, because I usually will collaborate with the same people over and over again, then at least I know either no go, like it was not good, do not do this again. Or I know this is a type of person that you know leads, needs a little bit more nudging. I need to like keep up on them or whatever. Or this is a person who didn't see the value that I was giving them. So I have to make sure that I'm a little bit more detailed when I'm telling them the stuff that I'm doing. So all of those kind of notes really help. And sometimes I will share them with the other person and say, hey, just so you know, this is like how I felt about the whole thing. Um, and so when you do your next collaboration, here's some things, you know, that you should look out for, but I would say probably 90% of the time it's usually pretty good. So talk to me about a
0: really cool collaboration that exceeded your expectations and really accounted for something really, uh, invaluable in your business.
1: For me, it was actually, uh, putting my, my words into actions, because I would say, you know, I would go up and, and talk on stage about collaboration and say like, you need to collaborate with people who are, you know, bigger than you, who are smaller than you. Like you just never, never know. And I had this one guy who kept trying to collaborate with me. And, and honestly, I was just like, I just don't see like what he can give me. Like I, I just wasn't seeing the value on for my end. And um, about six months went by and finally he came, I was speaking on stage again. He came and saw me and he was like, okay, it's time. Like I've bugged you long enough. And I was like, and he's like, and you just said that you can't judge somebody by the size of their business. And I was like, Touché. like right. he totally called me out. Fine. Yeah. Not a problem. So we did. a. It was a very small collaboration because he didn't have a lot. And but the surprising thing is that what he wanted from me was a day of my time. Mm-hmm. But what he was giving me back was worth more than what I charged for a day. So I was really sitting there kind of going like what my day rate is versus like this because he was giving me a physical item. I'm like, it just doesn't like it just really doesn't make sense to me so few of the lessons that I got from that one I can't value my time I had because to him my was time was crazy. as valuable yeah. it was a trailer uh, like a a pull like oh. a oh junk trailer that he was kind of giving me that was sort of the company that he had it was a rental company but he was that's I really wanted one he knew I wanted one he just wanted my time and my ideas yeah but to me I was like like this thing is like five thousand dollars a day like and I did not charge five thousand dollars a day for my time right but to him the my worth to him was that if not more like and on his end he was really feeling like he was jipping me um, so I had to stop every time and go, I need to allow them to put the value on it. And if they think it is, I gotta leave it alone. Like I have to stop putting my own thoughts and my own perception onto them That's of you so know what they practical. can afford or what they can't afford. Yeah. And you know, I said to him, like, thank you. This was so great. He did everything. I never had to check up on him. He checked up on me. Like, I was just like. This is fantastic because I forgot when someone really wants to work with you, he was doing what I do to other people. Like you're so excited to work with them that you're just going to go above and beyond all of the time. And you know, fast forward a year later, I kind of thought I'm going to go back in and check on this guy. Like I was, I had moved area since then, and I I was I had was back, and I went to go check on him, and his business had almost five times. Wow. You know, I mean, he went from making, you know, very small six figures to, you know, making millions now. He was doing fantastic. Wow. And I was like, this is crazy. How did this happen? And he said, you gave me a chance. And I started realizing if I just kept asking more people would give me a chance. And I was like, oh my God, like I had forgotten about this guy almost. And so I said to him, you've given me the most valuable gift in remembering that you just never know where someone is right now versus where they're going to be very shortly. And that you, you just have to be open to working with everybody because you just never know. So then I was like, so do you want to do a collaboration with me again? Like now we had (laughs) switched roles because now I was like, work with you again. (laughs) like I got to work with this guy. Right. So I think like, you know, when you're looking at people, I always, now I make it a point. I will work with somebody who is, you know, bigger than I am. And I will always make sure for every one of those, I look and go, is there somebody, you know, maybe who isn't like where I think the ideal person is, but could use my help. And I really get way more emotionally out of those collaborations as well. Love
0: it. Love it. That's such a great example of, getting out of our own way when you were making some preconceived notions around the value. I mean, the value clearly back to him was just astronomical. He really catapulted after that. And you had probably no idea how hugely impactful no. it be for him.
1: So that was so- a day. Like to me, it was like, it was, it was six hours of my, like of a day to me, to him, the ideas that I gave him that he ran with. And I think that's it, right? Like we have to stop putting dollar values onto our stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was what it was for me, as opposed to just looking at it as a number. I now look at it as, what am I going to give this person? What are they going to walk away with? And how, how much is that worth to them? Cause it doesn't matter what it's worth to me. How much is that worth to them?
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. Okay. So that's such a great example of collaboration versus competition and really looking at things, having the the rules of engagement, if you will, having more specificity around it, what does success look like, having those check-ins and just being really diligent about creating these collaboration profiles that you talked about and really being discerning, but at the same time being open. Yeah. Okay. So in his case, he didn't have a big business or anything like that, but the collaboration turned out to be something that was a standout clearly because you brought him up. So that's amazing. Those are some really great tips. Uh, so thank you for that because it just goes to show you the power of collaboration. Okay. We are going to turn the corner to the Fast Five. Are you ready, Tanya? Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. What would make this a great year for you?
1: Oh, I think for me, I have it on my list that I want um 10 new up and coming people to work with. So those that are not at the point where I'm at. Um, And so this year, we've just recently started a scholarship for all of our programs. Um, So I'm really, really focused on that because I want everybody, regardless of their financial situation to, you know, not feel stuck.
0: Love it. What do you wish you had known when you started out this adventure of entrepreneurship?
1: Oh, to always find somebody who is where you want to be and ask them questions, whether that be a coach or another business, like just not be afraid to go. How did you do this?
0: Yeah. Person, place, or a thing. What is one thing that deeply inspires you? Water.
1: Water. Interesting water. Yeah. Anytime I am stuck with there's very limited like water time in, (laughs) in Alberta, but in the summer is probably when I come up with my most ingenious stuff. So I, I'm i a big kayaker. I will take my kayak and float oh. on the water. And I just feel at calm and peaceful. And I just find ideas come. I come up with my best ideas in the bathtub too in the winter.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so, so interesting, right? That you're yeah. so drawn and inspired to water. That's beautiful. And I bet the scenery up by where you are in your kayaking is just incredible.
1: Yeah, it's gorgeous. Beautiful.
0: What cool tool have you discovered lately that has made your life so good?
1: Oh, it was probably a couple of years ago, but I am very obsessed with Canva. (laughs) Have you seen AI
0: functionality that they just added, the AI thing? So under the documents, if you do the little AI to say write me the 10 top tips for social media growth. And then the AI will spit out top 10 tips. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Like it's just, you know, that and template, like I love templates. There's actually a a lady named Julia on purpose and she creates templates and I've done a few collaborations with her because I was just like, I love a template where I can just fill in the blanks. Like I'm pretty creative, but I don't want to deal with all the lines and making sure they match up. So yeah, Yeah. those two things are always my go-to. Yeah. Canva really solved for the problem of where everybody thought that they'd have to be super creative
0: or learn Photoshop. And yeah. just made it, so they just it. They remove the barrier. It's so genius. Yeah, yeah. All right. And after all is said and done, what do you want your
1: legacy to be? Oh, jeez, leave <laughs> the hardest one. Um, I think in the business world, I would love for people to remember me as the person that made them think of themselves bigger. Cause that's my biggest goal is to help people get out of their own way. Um, And I think in both business and personal life that I make people laugh.
0: And then tell me that, that quote about your personality.
1: (laughs) Oh. So I took a Myers-Briggs test with a coach that I got and she was like, I want to give you this test, but like, I want to warn you. There's like a part that says a description of you and I really don't want you to take offense to it. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, like I hadn't even had my first session with her and I was like, okay. So I kind of read through it. I mean, it's like a 60 page document. This thing is like big on your personality. But the one line that stuck out to me said that I had an intensity that can frighten others. Thank <laughs> And I did not take offense to that. I was like, you know what? For the longest time, I've always been like, either you love me or you hate me. Like, there's no in between. because I'm okay like, with she's it. She's just, yeah, like she's just a lot. She's ju- and if I get excited about something, forget it. Like I forget. I'm just hyper, you know, about it. And I'm super, super excited about it. So that kind of became my tagline because I'm like, I really like that. I am an intensity that can frighten others. I love um, it, you but it's that. worked good for my clients, right? Because I'm intense. Like I really want you to, to do well. So that's kind of, you know, I, my tagline for like my podcast and stuff just to is have fun. Cause if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? And truthfully, I think that it should just on all my business cards should just say, Tanya Fox, an intensity that can frighten others.
0: I, think I just love it thing. and i went to your website because we were talking on your podcast as a total sidebar everyone who's listening and i was like you have to put that on your website and i did see that you put it on them like right i put it right after, right after then it is the most iconic line i've ever heard i'm like i can't and i even mentioned it to a girlfriend i'm like oh my god that's hysterical she has to use it you know just from a branding standpoint like it's so good Anyway, and it was so good, and,
1: and I, it's so true. And the funny thing is, is like I was sitting around with like a bunch of business girlfriends, and I was like, "Hey guys, I took this Myers Briggs test. Here's kind of what it said." But it said I'm an intensity that can frighten others, and nobody around the table was like, oh, that's horrible." They were like, "Yep, yeah. yeah." When I first met you, that would 100% describe you exactly. It was like, it was like right, well, Yeah, the people that most know you and love you, and at the same time, I also think it's really curiosity based
0: to be like, I feel like I have to know more about this woman.
1: <laughs> yeah. like, like what, intensity what does that mean yeah what does that mean i want to know more so i use um, it proudly i don that proudly so myers brig thank you so much i love it all right tanya are so fabulous how do
0: people find out more about you and the work that you do and how to best get a hold of you
1: Uh, Just visit my website, foxtalksbusiness.com. They can find the podcast. Um, I have an EBT formula group. It's a year-long program. All of the information can be found out there. And as well, there's a good contact page. So just leave me a message if you're curious about something. If you're just like, hey, I want to do collaborations. I do offer free calls throughout the year that I'll just sit, figure out what's going on and give you, throw you some ideas of who and what you can collaborate on.
0: So good. Thank you so much for being on the show. I so appreciate you. Continued success. I just think you're awesome. And I love that iconic quote. It's forever engraved in my mind.
1: <laughs> good.
0: Yeah. I'll keep using it. <laughs> All right. Good deal. Thank you. there thanks for checking out the show positioning to profit it means a world to me that you've stayed here till the end and if you love the show as much as we love putting it together for you will you please do me a favor and leave a rating and review over on itunes it would really help the show and to get the message out and when you do do me a favor send me a message over on socials, either Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, any of those, let me know that you left a review. Not only will I give you a shout out, but I'll be in touch with you to send you a little something something as a thank you for what you've done. All right. Also, like I mentioned, I'm on the socials, YouTube, TikTok facebook instagram linkedin please do make sure to connect i love connecting with new people and it just again really helps to get the word out so thank you so much again for checking out the episode and if you're looking for some goodies head on over to my website you can just go to positioningexpert.com and it'll take you right to my website lots of good stuff there all right see you next time